What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I am back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. And I'm joined with my homeboy, Benny, in the background. Yo, what's good? So on this episode, I'm going to be giving you guys my NFL Week 12 preview and predictions for some of the Thanksgiving matchups. Going to be talking about the Buffalo Bills taking on the New Orleans Saints, the Las Vegas Raiders matching up against the Dallas Cowboys. I was thinking about talking about the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions game, but I'm not really all that enthusiastic about talking about it or watching it, so I figure you guys probably won't be that interested in watching me or listening to me talk about it, so I'm not going to talk about that game. Then, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles are peaking at the right time. Could they make a late-season playoff push? And lastly, some breaking news came out right before I started recording. The New York Giants have decided to part ways with offensive coordinator Jason Garrett. Going to be giving you guys my thoughts. And before we get into it, if this is your first time listening to the JT Sports Podcast, welcome. I appreciate you for tuning in. Make sure that you go ahead and follow me on all of my social media platforms. My Instagram and Twitter is both at JT Sports underscore. Once again, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JT Sports underscore. And if you haven't already, make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel, which is JT Sports. So, first thing we got to get out of the way, the New York Giants have decided to part ways with offensive coordinator Jason Garrett following their 30-10 to smackdown against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this past Monday night. Joe Judge was really upset in his post-game presser. He was really disgusted with the New York Giants offensive performance, and he pretty much gave us a little bit of a hint that some changes were coming. So Freddie Kitchens is going to take over the reins as the play caller for the New York Giants in replace of Jason Garrett. And when you look at Jason Garrett, you know, I kind of had high expectations for Jason Garrett, believe it or not, when Joe Just decided to bring him in as his offensive coordinator. And there were a lot of New York Giants fans who were not happy with Joe Judge when he decided to make Jason Garrett, his offensive coordinator, and I kind of tried to play devil's advocate. And I feel like the reason why a lot of people didn't like the Jason Garrett hiring was because, you know, he was the former head coach for the Dallas Cowboys. And you get what I'm saying. Everybody kind of had a narrative about Jason Garrett, but a lot of people forgot that Jason Garrett, before he became the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, he was actually one of the best offensive coordinators in the NFL. And I was kind of expecting some big things out of Jason Garrett. And Jason Garrett is not all of the problem in New York. There are a lot of people saying, oh, thank God, like, he's gone. Like, he was all of the problem with the New York Giants. Like, he was part of the problem. And to be quite frankly with you, I don't really think firing Jason Garrett is going to change anything because we saw what Freddie Kitchens has done as a play caller in the past, even with a lot of weapons when he was calling plays for Cleveland back when he was the head coach not too long ago and their offense wasn't really anything to write home about but I really feel like things are starting to heat up in terms of the hot seat for head coach Joe Judge because believe it or not there were a lot of people before this season began who felt like the New York Giants were going to be a team that was going to be able to not only contend for this NFC East division but only but also 
contend for a spot in the NFC playoffs this year. And so far with the Giants being three and seven, this team has not really lived up to a lot of expectations that a lot of people in the media had. Because when you look at the New York Giants last year, you know, they kind of started getting hot. They had that big win against Seattle late in the season and they almost won the division. So for Joe Judge, you know, a lot of people or were really high on him before the season began. They liked the culture that he kind of has put in place with the New York Giants. And so far, things haven't really worked out. And, you know, he's had some injuries on the team, but the offensive line still is terrible. Daniel Jones is pressured on 48% of his dropbacks. And, like, you got to give a, a good amount of blame to Dave Gelderman. Like, there are a lot of people who want Dave Gelderman fired. And I understand why, but when I look at Dave Gelderman's performance, like, I, I'm I'm kind of 50-50 because, yeah, not addressing the offensive line was, you know, a big head scratcher, but also you got to take into account that Joe Judge also was pretty happy with the offensive line and a lot of the young guys that they had. So I also feel like Joe Judge had a say in the matter of determining if the Giants were going to make any moves when it came to improving the offensive line. So you can't just put that all on Joe Judge. You look at Kadarius Toney. He's been a pretty good draft pick so far. I mean, like, Dave gentlemen I feel like he's done an okay job when it comes to free agency signings and drafting I don't even feel like Daniel Jones has been that bad as a lot of people try to make him out to be so far this year because you got to also take into account that a wide receiving core kind of had a little stretch in the season when they were battling injuries the run game hasn't really been there with Saquon Barkley battling injuries for the whole entire year pretty much and the offensive line hasn't really given Daniel Jones a lot of time to sit back and throw the football and what Jason Garrett wanted to implement was he wanted to run a lot of play action, try to get a lot of vertical shots downfield, and the offense hasn't really done any of that. So, yeah, Jason Garrett was one of the puzzle pieces to the problem, but there are a lot of things that need to change. And there are a lot of people who feel like Joe Judge probably should go too. Now, the people who are Joe Judge defenders and saying that Joe Judge should remain the head coach for the New York Giants, most of them aren't New York Giants fans because if you're a New York Giants fan, you watch this team more than anybody else. You keep up with this team. And I watched a good amount of New York Giants games, believe it or not, because I had Kadarius Tony on my fantasy team and I had Daniel Jones starting a couple of games for me too. So I watched a good amount of New York Giants games this season. And the problem with Joe Judge is like, it's not really the locker room. You get what I'm saying? He's built a solid culture. But, you know, time management is a little bit of a problem. Um, you know, his in-game coaching decisions aren't really all that great. And it's like, you know, like, I don't really think that Joe Judge is all that great of a coach that a lot of people try to make him out to be before the season began. So, I really feel like the hot seat is starting to ramp up for Joe Judge. And I don't feel like the firing of Jason Garrett was a scapegoat move or anything like that. It definitely was a move that had to happen. Maybe the timing was a little bit late. Maybe you would have liked to get rid of him a lot earlier. But overall, I kind of feel like the main problem is probably Joe Judge and his staff. He may not be the right guy for the job. And a lot of people get things mixed up. Like, they 
they let their feelings of how much they like a coach cloud their judgment when it comes to determining if this is the right guy to lead the locker room just because you like somebody doesn't make them great head coach material just because you like somebody doesn't mean they make a good girlfriend a boyfriend you feel me like you gotta be able to find people who are able to get the job done right you can find people that you really like but they may not be able to get the job done so everybody loves joe judge but in all honesty he hasn't really done a great job coaching this team you can blame it on injuries all you want to but the time management the in-game decision making hasn't really been all that great so you have to wonder is time ticking for joe judge only time will tell next up we got to talk about the buffalo bills taking on the new orleans saints Bills are 6-4, and four, coming off a really disappointing loss against the Indianapolis Colts. The New Orleans Saints are coming off a loss against the Philadelphia Eagles, 40-29. And when you look at the Buffalo Bills, man, like the Buffalo Bills season is kind of teetering. You get what I'm saying? Like... Going in, there were a lot of people who picked Buffalo to represent the AFC this year in the Super Bowl, and there were a lot of you Bills fans who were mad when I picked New England to win the AFC East. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn anything right now, but New England right now is on the top of the AFC East, and there were a lot of Bills fans who were quick to say, ah, the Patriots dynasty is over. It's a new reign in the AFC East now. The Buffalo Bills are the champs. Now, there's still a lot of football to be played, but I'm just saying. And when you look at Buffalo, there were a lot of Bills fans who kind of were really upset with Sean McDermott after that Indianapolis Colts loss, as you should be, because Jonathan Taylor single-handedly train wrecked you. He had five total touchdowns, 185 yards on the ground, 5.8 yards per carry. He literally carried the Colts, literally, not figuratively, literally carried Indianapolis to the win. And when you look at Josh Allen, like, I feel like his decision making this year hasn't really been the greatest. And on top of that, you look at Buffalo's defense. The run defense hasn't been all that great, but you always got to take into account they are without one of their starting defensive linemen and linebacker Tremaine Edmonds, who missed last game. But overall, I think that when you look at both of these two teams right now, when you look at Buffalo, they really need this win because if you have another consecutive loss, Six and six, this is kind of the wrong time of the year to start going cold. This is the time of the year where you should start peaking, not going back. This is where you should start to figure out what you are identity-wise on the defensive side of football and the offensive side of football. Meanwhile, when you look at New Orleans, like, we knew New Orleans wasn't the most talented team coming in, but we knew that New Orleans, led by head coach Sean Payton, was going to be a formidable team, and they should be around in the playoff conversation, and they have lived up to those kind of expectations so far. They're 5-5. Five and five. They're still in the middle of the NFC playoff race. And even without starting quarterback Jameis Winston and him suffering a season-ending injury a couple of weeks ago, the Saints still have been a fairly competitive team. Now, you look at their loss versus Philadelphia, probably the worst game that the Saints have had for the whole entire season. 
Trevor Simeon wasn't really all that great. And on top of that, they kind of couldn't really have a answer defensively for slowing down Jalen Hurts. Now, Sean Payton, in my opinion, if the Saints make it to the playoffs this year, without a doubt, without a question in my mind, he should be the coach of the year. And I know there's a lot of people out there who want to give it to Cliff Kingsbury, who want to give it to Bill Belichick. But you have to look at the job that Sean Payton has done so far and just be amazed. Like, he's pretty much doing the job he's done so far with freaking scrap parts that he's finding out of the junkyard. Like, the Saints right now, we don't know if Alvin Kamara is going to play in this game. You have pretty much a wide receiver in the room that really probably is the worst in the NFL. Michael Thomas isn't coming back no time soon. So the offense, you know, even though it hasn't been the explosive New Orleans Saints offense that we have been accustomed to seeing out of the Saints over the last couple of years, you know, it's still a enough to really get the job done but I feel like the Saints offense stalled so much last week against Philadelphia that the defense ended up being on the field for too many plays ended up getting gassed now the Saints have one of the best defenses in the NFL this year and their defense is a large reason why they are in the position that they are right now in the middle of the playoff race and you're looking at a Buffalo Bills offense right now that I don't really want to say they're out of sorts but I kind of feel like they're struggling in certain aspects you know the run game still hasn't really found this rhythm they still don't really know who their lead back is is it Devin Singletary is it Zach Moss heck is it even Matt Breida? Can we get some more Matt Breida, please? And then on top of that, the Bills have turned the football over nine times in their last three games. Their first seven games of the season, they only had six total turnovers. And they have had nine turnovers in, in only three games. So you're looking at a really good Saints defense that's really good. They're pretty solid getting pressure on the quarterback. They have a pretty solid secondary. Like, this is going to be a really tough game for the Buffalo Bills because we look at Buffalo and we say well JT Buffalo is a better team and Buffalo is a five and a half point favorite in this game but when you just look at the way that this Saints team is constructed I feel like this Saints team is more than capable of being able to beat Buffalo because you look at the struggles that Buffalo has had offensively with the turnovers Josh Allen with questionable decision making you kind of have to be very worried about how your offense is going to perform against a very good Saints defense on the other hand if you are a Saints fan you know your defense is going to keep you in the game the question is is your offense going to be able to score enough points now if you lose this game and the offense doesn't have a great performance I don't think you're going to end up saying it's going to be because Sean Payton with bad play calling or questionable game decisions I feel like if you lose this game it's just going to be because maybe you don't just have maybe you're just lacking in talent pretty much I really feel like that's where the the Saints are coming up short like I just feel like the Saints just don't have enough and you guys know I'm a big fan when it comes to coaching on this channel like in my opinion my philosophy is coaching trumps all if you have a great coach you can make up for a lack of you know talent in certain areas but at the same time though you still do have to have at least average or above average talent and for the Saints when it comes to a wide receiver room 
that kind of has been a huge, huge concern for this offense. They haven't really found that number one guy. They kind of, you know, they just have guys at wide receiver who are okay from weekend and week out, but you don't really have that number one guy. Now, Trey Quan Smith has been reinserted into the lineup over the last couple of weeks. They're hoping that he can end up taking over that number one wide receiver role and ended up being that go-to guy, but so far, they don't really have that. Then, tight end Adam Trotham, who is on his way to having a breakout season. He's out. He's going to miss a good duration. So the Saints just keep having blow after blow when it comes to their offense. And on top of that, we don't even know if Alvin Kamara is going to play in this game. But luckily for the Saints... Okay, being a Saints fan, if you are, you're looking at a Buffalo team that got shredded against a Colts team when it came to running the football. That's all Indianapolis really did was just hand the football off to Jonathan Taylor. And what has been the staple of the New Orleans Saints offense all this year? All the run game. And even if you don't have Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram is more than capable of being able to get the job done because right now, Buffalo's defense, led by defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier right now, they're kind of a little bit in a bad spot right now after that performance that they put up on Sunday. So don't be surprised if you're a Bill fan and you see that Bills defense once again have a lackluster performance stopping the run even if Jermaine Edmonds comes back and he plays in this game I still think that the New Orleans Saints are going to be more than capable of being able to have success running the football because I don't really think that the Buffalo Bills defensive line is just all that great up front I don't really feel like they have a lot of depth there when it comes to their defensive line so the team that I'm going to take to win this game, I'm going to take the Saints with the upset. And it may sound crazy, but you look at how the Bills' offense has performed. Josh Allen's decision-making hasn't really been all that great. They haven't really been able to find the rhythm when it comes to establishing the run game. And I just feel like the struggles that the Bills have had over the last couple of weeks plays right into their hands in terms of what the New Orleans Saints do well. So I'm taking the Saints to win this game. 22-17 is my final score prediction in this game. Who you got winning? I like a lot about what you said, JT. I'm feeling more like a low-scoring shootout game, 24. 24 17 Thanks. okay so moving on to the next game we have the five and five las vegas raiders taking on the seven and three dallas cowboys this game is going to kick off 4 30 p.m eastern time this thursday on thanksgiving is going to be played on cbs the dallas cowboys are an eight point favorite in this game now this is it when it comes to las vegas raiders season this is a game that the las vegas raiders must win they gotta have this win because right now their season is starting to spiral out of control in the wrong direction we talk about this with the las vegas raiders every single year you're laughing <laughs> but i'm dead serious like every year for like the last two years the las vegas raiders they always start off fast they always start out with a good record but what, what do i tell you all the time like you guys think i just say this all the time on the channel but i say this in real life november is the most important month in football because that's where the pretenders start to separate themselves from the contenders and the las vegas raiders always struggle in the month of november and december they finish they start the race out strong and they always finish last so when you look at las vegas man they have lost three straight games in a row you lost to the new york giants you lost to the kansas city chiefs and you recently lost to the cincinnati Bengals, 32 to 13 now 
there was a question that has arisen with the Raiders on a three-game losing streak. And it's coming down to, should the Las Vegas Raiders bench Derek Carr in favor of Marcus Mariota? Now, I've said this so many times, and I'm going to say it again. Derek Carr is not the problem in Vegas. He's having a very good season. But at the same time, what do you want Derek Carr to do? You haven't really had a lot of success running the football. You haven't really attempted to really get the run game going. And there were a lot of Raiders fans who came at me because I said that Kenyon Drake signing was one of the worst signings in free agency. And a lot of people defended saying, man, we're going to have one of the best one-two punches. We're going to have Josh Jacobs. We're going to have Kenyon Drake. Man, this offense is going to be unstoppable. So a couple of months later... I want to ask you guys, do you guys still disagree with my claim that the Kenyon Drake signing was the worst signing in free agency? Because what has Kenyon Drake done? I mean, the rain game isn't there. What, it, what, what state was he having in the offense? The Las Vegas Raiders, I don't even think they have managed to score 20 points during their three-game losing streak. So I'm not saying that Derek Carr, you know, was just this guardian angel and he doesn't deserve any blame. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that I don't feel like the Raiders being on a three-game losing streak is because of Derek Carr. You can make the quarterback change all you want to, but nothing's really going to change because at the end of the day, who's Marks Mariota throwing to? You lost Henry Ruggs. You don't really have a true number one wide receiver. You don't really have any wide receivers at all. Your only reliable weapon in the passing game is Darren Waller. And teams have pretty much been double teaming and triple teaming him all this year. So what reliable options do you really have in the passing game? And you don't have the run game. So do you really feel like Marcus Mariota is going to come in and really make a difference? I mean, yeah, you can say, well, JT, his mobility. But at the end of the day, you still have to be able to throw the football downfield this still is a passing lead you got to be able to have success some way somehow through the air and I feel like Derek Carr is the pretty clear-cut better quarterback than Marcus Mariota we know what Marcus Mariota is unless you guys feel like Marcus Mariota has just somewhat gotten better over the last couple of years I don't really think that's going to happen so I don't really think making the quarterback change is going to have the results that a lot of you Raiders fans are hoping that it will because at the end of the day this is still a team that doesn't really have a lot of weapons that are going to equate for consistent success in the passing game now when you look at the Dallas Cowboys one of the biggest concerns is going to be how is the wide receiving position going to perform in this matchup because Amari Cooper he's out he was listed on the COVID-19 slash injury reserve list and CD Lamb status right now is a little bit up in the air even though there are a lot of people amongst the Dallas Cowboys um, franchise right now inside that organization who feel pretty good about his chances when it comes to being able to play in this game right now he's trying to clear the NFL's concussion protocol now now, Dallas lost to Kansas City 19-9. And Kansas City, I've been telling people, everybody was so quick to ride off Kansas City. Is the Kansas City Chiefs dynasty over? And like I told a lot of you guys, you got to wait until the month of November. And I actually made a little short on the channel and stuff like that. Make sure that you guys go ahead and check it out. I said, don't ride off the Kansas City Chiefs. There were a lot of people in national media who were quick to write off Kansas City. And now Kansas City is, what, on a three, four-game win streak right now? And when you look at Dallas, 
Dallas defense played phenomenal in that game. Dallas defense really kept them alive in that game. The Dallas Cowboys offense really couldn't get anything going, okay? Especially when they were able to try to find a way to finally to get inside the red zone. He had to go ahead and take field goals. Like, Dallas offense really struggled last week against Kansas City. And you're facing a pretty solid defense, okay? Like, I know a lot of people are going to be like, JT, how are the Raiders a solid defense? defensive team when they have allowed 30 and 40 points to Kansas City. Well, the reason for that is because their offense isn't doing anything. And when your defense is on the field for a good amount of plays, I mean, how much do you want them to do? They're going to get tired. They're going to get ran down. Imagine okay, being a defensive tackle for the Las Vegas Raiders, right? You just pitched a three and out. You're you're getting off the field. You're taking your helmet off. You know, you're getting you a little thing again Gatorade in your cup, you know, you're pouring it up, and next thing you know, you get done with one cup of Gatorade, you're getting ready to sit down, chillax on the bench, and next thing you know, you got to go right back on the field and put your helmet back on because the offense didn't do anything. So here you are, 350-pound defensive tackle. You got to end up running back on the field. Once again, you get another stop, and then once again, you end up going on the sideline, pouring you up another cup of Gatorade. Just for a minute later, you're jogging right back on the field because the offense can't do anything. Like, a lot of people have to understand that football is a complementary sport. If the offense does good, that helps out the defense because then the defense doesn't have to be on the field for a good amount of plays. But when your defense has to consistently keep coming back on the field because the offense keeps going three and nine and isn't putting any points on the board, your defense is going to get fatigued. They're going to get tired. So I believe that the Raiders defense is a lot better than what a lot of people are trying to say. Max Crosby is having a Pro Bowl caliber season. Maybe you can say he's deserving of being an all pro this year because he pretty much has been unstoppable. Like, I like the Raiders' defense. You know, I'm not saying the Raiders have a elite defense, but I'm saying I feel like their defense has been above average this year. It's just that their offense has really done them a lot of favors. Now, the Raiders offensively, one of their main problems is the fact that they're not able to convert on third down. As a matter of fact, they have the 25th worst third down offense in the league. They only convert on third downs 35.59% of the time. And on top of that, they went one for seven on third down last week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Now that's going to spell a lot of trouble because you're facing one of the best third down defenses in the Dallas Cowboys who have the second best third down defense in the league. They only allow opposing teams to convert on third downs 32.23 percent of the time now also you look at Trayvon Diggs Trayvon Diggs is leading the league in interceptions he's on pace for a double digit interception season and on top of that if you're him you gotta be licking your chops right now because I don't really think there's a wide receiver on this Raiders team who even puts a fear in the Trayvon Diggs so for the Las Vegas Raiders man like you gotta find some other ways to have success in the passing game not particularly involving Darren Waller every play. You have to find ways to get Kenyon Drake involved in the passing game. I mean, you signed him in free agency when you could have used that money to improve the wide receiving position, but instead use it to sign a running back. 
what the Las Vegas Raiders thing to do? You already got Josh Jacobs. So what do you do? You go ahead and you sign an expensive running back in Kenyon Drake instead of improving the wide receiver position. They're not even giving Josh Jacobs the ball. Like, they need to be feeding that ball. Like, exactly. If the Raiders are going to win this game, you got to feed Josh Jacobs. Like, where has Josh Jacobs been all this? Wasn't he a pro bowler last year? Did you know Josh Jacobs went to the pro bowl last year? Not giving them the rock, man. I think this is the game where the Dallas Cowboys shows America why they called America's team. On Thanksgiving, they're going to wreck the Raiders, no doubt. I'm saying 45, 50 points maybe. I don't know. I, I don't think. I don't. I like that, man. I don't know. I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys win, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, a well, it, it could be a one-sided affair. I th- Well, I don't think they're going to put 50, 40 points on them. I think Dallas probably wins this game 31 to, you know, 17. Because the Raiders' offense has struggled. If CD plays, I'll say 40, 40 plus points. I, I don't see them scoring 40 points. And the reason... CD Lamb and Mark Cooper, though. Well, Michael Gall- well, you got Michael Gallup in re- in replace of Amari Cooper. Michael Ga- Michael Gallup is pretty good. He's in the contract year. You got Cedric Wilson. He's pretty solid. Like I'm not really worried about the wide receiver position, regardless if you know Michael Gallup. Um, well, regardless if. You know, C.D. Lamb plays or doesn't play. I still think they should be pretty set just for the fact that the Las Vegas Raiders defense is going to get tired because I don't really think that the Raiders offense is really going to be able to do that much because I don't really know if they have enough weapons on the outside. And I don't really know if they're going to be that committed to, like you said earlier, running the football with Josh Jacobs or at least trying to get Kenyon Drake involved in the passing game. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys to win this game. I think they're going to win 28 to 17 or 31 to 17 and you're taking Dallas to win also the last thing we got to talk about before we end this episode of the JT Sports Podcast the Philadelphia Eagles right now they're five and six and this is the time of year when we start to see teams peak and I think that Philadelphia right now is peaking Philadelphia they have run three out of their last four games. They just defeated the New Orleans Saints 40-29. to And for all of you guys who aren't Eagles fans, you can say, well, JT, they're facing a depleted Saints team. Like, the Saints are in the middle of the playoff race right now, just like the Philadelphia Eagles are. Jalen Hurts is playing some really good football. He's thrown for 2,306 passing yards, 13 touchdowns to five interceptions. He's completing 61.6% of his passes. He also has eight rushing touchdowns and 618 rushing yards on the ground he's been pretty good this year and me and my guy Benny back there recently got into like a little argument Sunday morning I believe and he was trying to tell me Jalen Hurts was a top 15 quarterback this year and I was trying to tell him I don't really think he was and I told him I said listen if Jalen Hurts has a good performance against the Saints and they win I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And he definitely has been. And I definitely feel like Philadelphia definitely does have something in Jalen Hurts because that has been one of the most intriguing storylines. Because remember, around the trade deadline, we heard Philadelphia was really hot on the Deshaun Watson trail. They were willing to give up a lot to get Deshaun Watson. They weren't really completely sold on Jalen Hurts. You also got to remember that they traded for Gardner Minshew right before the season. But Jalen Hurts has done 
done a really good job. He's played pretty solid. Now, I know a lot of people aren't really all that impressed with what he's done in the passing game, but you also got to take into account what he's able to do with his legs. And I really feel like that Jalen Hurst can be a better version anymore franchise long-term solution at quarterback similar to what Vince Young was with Tennessee remember Vince Young wasn't the greatest passer but you also had to account for his ability to run the football so I think that Jalen Hurts definitely could be the long-term answer at quarterback he puts in a lot of work I like his leadership skills I like how he handles the media this guy puts in a lot of work and like my guy was telling me earlier um, off camera before we started recording, he said that Jalen Hurst is one of those guys that you can just look at his eyes and just... The you, they're all there. Yeah, it's like you can it's really it's really hard to see Jalen Hurts not succeed and now I know a lot of people knock him for his lack of arm strength and his lack of arm strength has gotten Philadelphia in trouble at sometimes because there are certain passes that can only be made anti windows that he simply can't be able to make but on top of that he also has to be really good when it comes to reading coverages and I think he's done a pretty good job of that a lot of people look at the passing numbers and they're not the greatest but he's winning games and I feel like their head coach is doing a really got really good job of building a offense around the strength of Jalen Hurst and as long as they continue to have some you know um stability when it comes to the coaching staff and inside that franchise I definitely feel like Jalen Hurts can develop Jalen Hurts is one of those quarterbacks that you can't have him be successful with having three different offensive coordinators or three or four different head coaches like he needs the same coaching staff that's able to build a scheme around him that he's able to continue to grow in for over the next couple of years so you look at the development of Jalen Hurts I really like how he's performed so far this year and on top of that for the Philadelphia Eagles your remaining games to close out the season or against the New York Jets and against the rest of the teams in the NFC East so you got to play Dallas you got to play Washington you got to play the New York Giants so for Philadelphia if you can win at least four of your remaining games you put yourselves at nine wins and you potentially could end up getting one of the last remaining spots in the NFC playoffs because right now we're currently looking at the NFC playoff picture going into week 12 this week the Philadelphia Eagles are currently right behind the San Francisco 49ers at 5 and 5. Then you right now you have the Saints at the 7 seed with a 5 and 5 record and the Minnesota Vikings currently occupy the 6th spot right now with a 5 and 5 record also and those two teams have some pretty tough schedules to close out the remainder of the season. So I think that it's very possible that we could see Philadelphia clinch one of those last remaining spots in the playoffs because I feel like Philadelphia right now they're peaking at the right time and this is one of the most important months in football I say it so many times there are a lot of teams that start the season on slow but they start to pick up a lot of momentum around this time and I definitely feel like Philadelphia is a team that's picking up a lot of momentum on top of that their defense has performed really well Darius Slay has been really good I also think that Darius Slay has been one of the more underrated cornerbacks this season he also should be mentioned in the defensive player year conversation he scored what like a touchdown and over the last three two matchups he had that big fumble return against the Detroit Lions so when I look at Philadelphia this is a team that has been really competitive in pretty much all of their games like I don't think the Eagles have had 
too many games where they had just gotten blown out of the building. They played the LA Chargers pretty tough. They played the Tempe Buccaneers pretty tough. Then on top of that, you know, they were right in it with the Kansas City Chiefs until late when Kansas City was able to pull away. So there were a lot of games that you can say as an Eagles fan, if a couple of things would have went in your way or you would have had the ball bouncing your direction, you probably could be a 6-7-1 football team right now. And Philadelphia is a team that does have some talent. They don't have a lot of talent, but you look at how their schedule pans out, I definitely feel like they can go on a similar run to like what Washington did last year. Now, can they win the division? I don't think they're going to be able to win the division, but I definitely feel like they have a good chance of nagging one of those last remaining playoff spots, either that 6th or 7th seed in the NFC. So you guys let me know if you guys feel like the Philadelphia Eagles could go on a late season playoff run. Make sure that you guys go ahead, like the video, check out the JT Sports Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure that you guys leave a five-star review. Every single video that is uploaded on the channel is uploaded in audio format on every single podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, the JT Sports Podcast is available. And I will see you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast later.